Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is Nick's Nonfiction. I'm Nick Muniz. Today on the show, we've got Plato's Apology. Plato? You know, I'm such a book guy. I started Plato pretty young. I was eating it by the age of three. Remember you could push the Plato on the Sunday comics and get Snoopy Plato. You could put an air pocket in the Plato and then pop it in the back of classroom, but today that would be a school shooting. So I got a strike. This is why I'm doing the apology. I got to break out the big guns. Plato apologizing on Socrates behalf. Oh, you could bully and do copyright all you want. It's when you cross the intellectual thought line. Bro, they killed Socrates because he would teach people for free. <laughs> you don't know. There's so many levels to this one. It's going to be a cryptic one unless you've done your research. Hit up the Patreon. Got some for everyone over there. Why did prostitutes hate Plato? His teachings were thought-provoking. How is working the fry station at McDonald's like studying Plato and Aristotle? You learn to appreciate the ancient Greece. Did you know Socrates made Socrates for the women's team Socrates? We'll be right back. About the author, Plato. Done it before, ain't doing it again. I just did a minute about Plato on the top of the show. Go follow on Harry shit over on Instagram. Patreon.com slash the niche. We in overtime out here, baby. It's a simple spell, but quite unbreakable. This show is unbreakable. Unbroken. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back. Plato's Apology, Chapter 1, Oracle at Delphi. Delphi. Holy crap! That's like the Supreme Court of Greece. Bro, I just threw in a really fresh dip, and I put the condom on the mic for the first time. So everybody who's been complaining for how many ever years... So that was a fucking lie. I finally changed it. <laughs> the Oracle at Delphi. We got five sections today, a five-course meal, a court case. Greek names, they could be hard to remember. I'm only giving you like five characters today. Socrates, obviously the defendant. Miletus is the prosecutor. Oracle at Delphi, I'm saying this is where the trial took place. It was built in reverence of Apollo. It's like the best amphitheater in Greece, 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 Greece. Get it? It echoes. In Greek court, the burden of proof is on the defense. So there's no beyond reasonable doubt. There's no innocent until proven guilty. If you're even accused, they assume that you've done it. I'm saying America, it's supposed to be the other way around. Socrates' attorney... They let him know from the jump, like, the only chance that you have to avoid being executed here is during the apologia that's at the very end. So there's no special evidence, expert witnesses. <laughs> the only way to get off back in the day is by acting sorry. And Socrates? He has other plans. The charges being brought against him are impiety and corruption of the youth. And just off the bat, it's kind of like impossible for these charges to fail. It's mostly a show court. You could prove anybody's thinking about anything. He made me think about that. The elephant in the room. He made me think about it. <laughs> so Socrates is assumed guilty of free thinking. And his best hope is to be exiled. The accusers, 
they met with the jury beforehand, so Miletus is like paying off some of the jury members. And I remember I have a criminal justice degree, and they teach you it's like picking a dodgeball game. <laughs> so back in the day, the prosecutor got to choose all 12 of the jury members. Socrates says in the opening statement, I will speak only the truth, whereas my accusers routinely utter falsehoods. Slinging muck from the first sentence. So not only does he have the burden of proof, he goes real deep into the hippie bullshit. He's like, I gotta fucking unbrainwash the crowd first. And I'm saying, just think about it in the burden of proof. He's already guilty. He's freaking 70 at the time. So, like, rather than calling out the state for implanting ideas in the youth, he's like, I'm going to beat them at their own game. I'm just going to act it out. You know, that's what a lawyer would normally do. Try to use their logic against them. Oh, well, I'm corrupting the youth. What the fuck are you doing in K-5? through Transgender reading time? Holy shit, you fucking killer, dude! I don't care. <laughs> so, Socrates, how are you going to defend yourself, bro? You just got to be likable. He's like, I'm going to out-act the actors, the lawyers. But that's what lawyers are. They're just politicians that are smart. The courtroom. You gotta read some, like, To, to Kill a Mockingbird. Jebediah and Spook Radley. <laughs> His name was Boo. Yeah, that's racist as fuck. Boo Radley. Just sack up like Mark Twain and call him Nick Jim. Whoa, you gotta be quick on the trigger. <laughs> So he ends his opening statement asking the jurors, pay attention to the substance of my speech and consider whether what I say to be true or not. So, oh bro, he's asking them not to do character testimony. Like, listen to, we're doing philosophy today. This is Kantian. You're either doing empirical thought or rational thought. Empiricism versus rationalism. It's philosophy 101. If an authority tells you to wear three masks, it's rational to do it. But empirically, if you think about the fucking idea, how is it any better than one? Socrates, he whips out some of his classic Socratic irony. At the beginning of his speech, he goes, I'm not a great public speaker. Even though this is one of the fucking best speakers in history. And then he goes, I would never mention my family here. And then he's going to do that again later, too. <laughs> it's basically just lying, as the prosecutor would also. But yeah, reverse psychology, Socratic irony. It's the same shit. Plato, kind of a G for writing this. Like, we would have lost this story to history if his student didn't write this later on. I guess we'll go deeper into that later. Socrates also mentions, My entire speech is going to be improvised. But behind the scenes, him and Paramenides, they've been practicing this for 20 years. He's 70 now. He had 50 years to practice this speech. I'm doing this all on a whim. Call it what you want. Fucking Socratic irony, reverse psychology, rhetoric, straight up lies. <laughs> Is he a con artist or a artist of convincing? <laughs> we got a book coming up. It's called The Confidence Man. That's where the term comes from. But, yeah, what is convincing versus fucking law, man? Legal definitions, bro. Imagine pulling up to, like, ladies' free drink night with Socrates, fucking Thales, and Herculitus. You're going to convince some bitches to go home with you. The prosecutors Miletus, Antheus, and Liton. They give their opening statements. 
No dialogue given here. Socrates, ready to give his first address. Chapter 2, Socratic Method. His first address included his previous enemies and how they had a better case than Miletus. Bro, I've had the prosecutors on my tail for years, and you think you're the one that's going to take me down? You call that a suit? The last prosecutor had hand-tailored threads. This is not legal procession. They're <laughs> dissing each other. The CIA has a term for this. Doubt injection. Just obfuscate the message. What are we even here for? Oh, yeah, we're roasting each other. Uses some more Socratic irony. He was prosecuted as a young boy, so he's trying to appeal to the young people in the jury. And then he goes, part two, appeal to the old people. I used to study with Aristophanes, the comic playwright. And so the old people and the young people loved him. He's <laughs> like tying himself into the culture. Miletus interrupts. Aristophanes wrote The Cloud about a character like Socrates that's 24 years older. He wasn't a very likable character. <gasps> People start whispering. This could be known as defamation of character. Can't do that. <laughs> Miletus, whatever he wants. Socrates responds. He gets the first laugh out of the audience. Aristophanes, write about this one when I'm dead. A guy who doesn't know who his accusers are and has to defend his life from ideas he didn't know he had. <laughs> he got the fucking crowd back on his side. Yeah, he's going, I'm not the resistance. I just fucking philosophize with my buddies. Is thinking a crime? <laughs> There's actual fucking resistance, isn't it? He goes on to play to the fact of how light his crime is talking about shit. <laughs> He's like, I might have went against the fucking curriculum, but there's people attracted to children in these schools. <laughs> he actually said that part. He bought up what a pe pedestry they called it. To leave the company of one's fellow citizens with any of whom they can associate for nothing, attach themselves to him, pay money for privilege, and be grateful into the bargain brings upon the swindlers of society. He's even saying bringing money into education is ruining the entire thing. Like, the Stoics, they didn't tolerate pedestry. To discredit their work, the historians just say, Well, everybody in Greece was a kitty toucher Certain schools of thought did not condone this. Like, Plato is very outspoken. I did not sleep with kids. <laughs> what did they call this? In criminal justice, it was uh, manipulating the jury's scope of criminality. So you're just trying to group other people in with pedophiles. <laughs> We got a book coming up on Epstein again, so... The judge is slamming the gavel here. Hey, hey, hey! Let's not talk about that shit in public. If one of us touches kids, we all touch kids. This is a society. <laughs> <laughs> he ends his opening statement saying, I never charged anybody for lessons. The wisdom was free. So he's making it abundantly clear. This wasn't a swindle or anything. He's doing it for the love of the game. What the fuck? It's illegal to think. <laughs> it's like, not only are people being kept in Plato's cave, those trying to help them are labeled as criminals. And all I'll say about that is there's a lot of videos about the moon on TikTok, and maybe that's why the platform is being banned. Socrates, a little too dangerous, he cracked the code. Like, there's theories about him being the first mason. I'm not going into all that bullshit today.
he destroyed the propaganda state with one word. Sophist. Now we have a word. There's people being paid by the state to think. Sophist. So Socrates, like, split the fucking greater public of Athens. And he's going, I'll just fucking teach people for free. And that's going to kill all the academia. Can't be having that destroy this man. The prostitution takes a stand. Prostitutes, <laughs> they paint this glorious picture of pre-Socratic society. Society was perfect in the 1950s. Nobody thought. Everybody went to war whenever they were told. <laughs> Socrates, he interrupts. He's like, shut up, stop talking, these are lies. This pre-Socratic side, it doesn't exist. There's always been people debunking the narrative. It's just that in history, they get thrown out, so we don't know their names. This is the only Socrates work that matters. Oh, he'll philosophize about shapes. This is him dealing with civilization. I'm gay. Quote, every idea has been thought and exists in the human consciousness. The only variable in this penalty, the current government holds the monopoly on those thoughts. He's like the first fucking libertarian. These ideas, he's saying, are already in human consciousness. <laughs> Bro, the freedom of speech that we have in America is only like two degrees away from Soviet Russia. What are we doing? pre-Socratic, post-Socratic, pre-revolution, post-civil war, the fourth industrial revolution. There's always been freedom and there's always been lies. Socrates doing some more rebuttals to the prosecution. He's going, I bet some of you missed your prayers to Mount Olympus this week. How long until that's a crime against the state? And then he talks about astrology now being considered magic. And so that's going to be illegal too. <laughs> Just certain things you can't study. Rhetorically, it's a perfect set. He just destroyed the prosecutors. Next, they open up for questioning. The first guy has got Socrates on the stand. You declare that you have the wisdom of the gods. Socrates goes, wisdom of the gods? Anyone can know what I know. You just have to question things. Why? The word of Socrates. He shoots down the next guy. I never said I have supernatural knowledge. Everything I know can be passed down to another man. He goes to the poets in the audience next. He's like doing crowd work. He actually started with the politicians. So he's going, how about you guys do a little bit of basic geometry for me? You control all of society. You see all the metrics. Find the area of this triangle. And they go, you're, you're wasting our time here. And none of them were able to find the fucking area of a triangle. He goes to the poets. He quotes some of their work to them. He's going, this is beautiful, man. But what does it mean? Um, well, it's like a juxtaposition of words. <laughs> so now he's getting the crowd on their side because nobody likes the poets. They're like the fucking hippies of his time. Now he's going, oh, we can kind of make fun of the politicians too. It's not just the poets. He goes on to the craftsmen next. They're usually the most humble, but they use extreme embellishment when talking about the gods. So Socrates is like, maybe you can repeat a, a prayer for me. And they're not able. He ends with a final address to the amphitheater. I would rather be as I am, knowing that I know nothing, than to be inflated by a false sense of some great wisdom. 
empiricism, rationalism, knowing versus believing. Accusers then bring up one of Socrates' endorsers. So they're saying this guy that funds you does some shady business. And Miletus tries to describe him as overtly aggressive towards his peers with the likelihood of future violence. He's dangerous. He's a domestic terrorist. And then he goes to a guy in the crowd thinking he won everyone over, and the guy goes, Socrates is the most free, upright, and prudent of all people. Miletus, he's on his heels here. Well, 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 Socrates supported Sparta in the Polynesian War. (gasps) What? No way. Socrates is a traitor. And he's got another hole to dig himself out of. He's basically going, what, I'm a traitor for having an opinion? I couldn't give two shits about the affairs of Sparta and Polynesia. Why? So he ends saying, I'm a philosopher, which translates to a lover of wisdom. I do not peddle wisdom nor trade interstate secrets. This is not espionage. This is just thinking. Chapter three, Gadfly. The Gadfly, it's just a uh, analogy he paints for the whole chapter. And the entire system he's going is based on people's ranks, so more of this fucking libertarian shit. The prosecution tries to hit him with, you didn't volunteer to fight against Sparta, so you're a coward. So Socrates points out, well, none of your prestigious sons went to fight the war either. It ain't me. I know Senator son. So like all these elites previously voted to kick Socrates out of the schools because they didn't want their kids reading his work. It's like, think about it this way. You could learn anything on YouTube. I used to watch Robert Sapolsky lectures. I've watched them all. I got all of his psychology courses for free. The whole point of killing Socrates is to show that there's only one source of wisdom, the state. So I have a new Robert Sapolsky, Robert Seffer. This guy, all of his research is for free on YouTube. Is he shadow banned to hell? Why, of course. There's only one source of wisdom. (laughs) If it says under video one of those gray things, I got one of those one time. I think it was like, the New World Order is not a real thing. (laughs) And I played the video of Reagan. There needs to be a New World Order. But it's not real. I'm serious, guys. So, yeah, it doesn't help that earlier in Socrates' career, he was writing about how his ideas would come from helpful spirits in the ether. So they use this on him. Miletus is like, you see this, everyone? He's talking to demons. He's saying I get ideas from the the field of ideas. But everyone just thinks (laughs) there's no such thing as anything but material life. And the state doesn't like Socrates because, you know, they try to put themselves in between you and religion. You have to pray and donate to Mount Olympus. You ever see that fucking movie, Holy Mountain? I don't know who recommended, but God bless your soul. There's this Greek scene where it's called the Winner's Club. And it's all these senators and shit. (laughs) But the only people that turn down the Winner's Club and then go to move on, go watch it. Holy Mountain. Another one. Miletus argues to be questioned by Socrates on the stand. He's trying to gain back some support. He would usually not put the prosecutor on the stand. First question... What is it that has a good influence? Miletus, he's leading him with the question. 
the laws make people good. So we could get into an entire Hobbesian debate here. But I will say, people do have this thing called morality that animals don't have. So is it really the laws that make people good, or do you know it within your heart that you shouldn't rape your neighbor's wife? Like, society collapses tomorrow. Now that regicide is illegal, do you kill your dad? <laughs> is it the laws that are keeping people good? Quote, point out to me a person in the room who knows the law. So they point to a random guy. He doesn't know the law. They point to a juryman next. Juryman doesn't know the law. It's saying, you know it in your heart. I don't need statute 21A to tell me that stealing is bad. This is when Socrates draws out his fucking big conclusion to the crowd. Athens is like a horse. Powerful, beautiful, always running forward. Who tells the horse where to run, though? The trainer. In this case, the trainer of the horse is Miletus, who is willing to jail anyone on false pretenses. So it's this whole thing, I'm the gadfly. We're the people who swarm around the rider of the horse. The horse is the city. It doesn't work without any of the infrastructure. And then there's the politicians riding the horse. And the people, you think you're part of it, you're just a fly buzzing around it while the times are good. And if they want to slap a couple flies, you're out. Flint, Michigan, you need water? You're out. I am a pest to the horse, and more is the rider as I know too much. I am the gadfly that surrounds the horseman team, always observing. The horse knows it's getting dirty when there's too many flies. Damn. We've read it all. Chris Hedges, Thomas Sowell, Murray Rothbard. You need a certain amount of gadflies. Thomas Jefferson, his Bible. <laughs> The media's intention is to be the gadfly, but now the media works with the state. Meletius. He's trying to say, well, every time the gadfly stings, it hurts society. Athens is, uh, he's going, it doesn't get affected by one gadfly. Meletus steps off the stand. Socrates fucking douses himself in Olympic wrestling oil. Flexing. Chapter 4. Unexamined life shortest one he's in his apologia now why would I pursue knowledge knowing it was evil or self-harmful <laughs> you guys think I'm retarded you think I don't know what it means to be like people don't just be conspiracy theorists because it's fun quote in honor of Apollo I am even less willing to abandon my post as a seeker of truth than a good soldier who would abandon his point in battle Asserting his knowledge doesn't come from above. Anybody could know what he knows. It's going, if the court was able to acquit me, and I would have to give up philosophy, that would be more disobedient to commit to Apollo, therefore worse impiety than anything I've done in life. Giving up on thinking would be his true traitorship, rather than Spartan going to war with Polynesia. Drops a semi-famous quote, Death is preferable to a life without philosophy. At this point, they publicly sentence him. But behind the scenes, they give him a, another deal. We'll exile you, but you're not allowed to talk to anybody anymore. <laughs> so he drops another nuke on them. There is much less to fear in dying oneself than knowing you are living in false imprisonment. So we gotta kill this guy at this point. 
He j- takes one more jab at the senators, the reason all your sons flock to me. I am amusing, impartial, and not afraid to dissect a pompous busybody. The unexamined life is not worth living. Chapter 5. Sophistry. In tradition, you're supposed to end the apologia in tears. It's an apology saying, I'm so sorry for everything I've done. Socrates is doing the opposite. He asks the jury once more, back in front of the crowd, please consider the facts. They're not going to let me go. I have three biological sons. They, Like he said in the beginning, I'm not going to bring my family into it. He's on death's door. They try to do that whole thing. Strike that from the record. He's not allowed to mention his family. <laughs> but once you say it, you're not, you can't take it back from the jury's memory. And then he pleaded to drop the impiety charge. Socrates, he's found guilty at a vote of 280 to 221. Miletus surprised. He didn't even think he was going to win. Socrates going, I deserve a reward rather than a punishment. I thought it would be 500 to 1. I deserve to dine in the Parmedium, where victorious athletes feast during the Olympic Games. The Winners Club. The real ones in history, they fucking live in squalor. All these guys get no recognition. I'm saying we're lucky Plato wrote about this. Tagged it with a banger. Olympia gives you the semblance of success. I give you the reality. Damn. The honor of Socrates versus the glory of Plato. Plato goes on to write the Republic. Guys, this is how we're going to set up the perfect society. All the teachers put it on the students' desks. Like, Plato saw all this shit go down. He's like, I'm not... We're changing course. (laughs) Get it? The jury votes again. This time it's two-thirds to convict. So very rational jurors here. Even more people voted for him to die after he said he has kids. (laughs) He says, you have put the wrong wise man to death. Mind not the flies, but the man that rides the horse's back. Maybe I've been outrun by death, but you've been outrun by wickedness. Oh my god! It fucking rules. You guys gotta read this one. Helicopter, helicopter! He's full on jihad. (laughs) You die a hero or you live long enough to become a villain. Joe Rogan, you miraculously believe in the moon landing again? (laughs) Give me $300 million. This episode has been archived. Quote, the good man has nothing to fear, either in this life or the next. I'm saying he's on some zealot wavelength. This guy's thinking about his death more than his life. Quote, well, now it is time to be off. I to die and you to live. But which of us has the happier prospect is unknown to anyone but God. There goes my hero. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The first ever smear campaign. I mean the apology by Plato. Damn. Timeless truth, an epic episode of Nick's Nonfiction. Thank you guys for joining. The Nickers, as you can see, we're putting it at the top of the month, changing course. Only gets more interesting from here. Let's get a random sound effect to end it. Ow, my face. One more. Plato's Apology. I'll see you all next week. Peace.